0: My journey has been one of returning from the darkness and stepping out into the light once more. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and trivial While you're sitting trying to figure that out, this is my podcast. Allegedly. Logos and trivial podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and trivial Maybe you're also Logos and trivial While you're trying to figure that out, and maybe even figure out what that even means to you, let me introduce today's two special guests. I have with me Nate Dean and Caleb Gregory, and I brought these two gentlemen on because this is the Art of Living series, and we're talking about the art of personal finance or the art of uh, managing your mammon, maybe, we'll call it. And uh, Nate's a guy I connected with a while back, and he, um, he sort of set the, the Twitter world on fire with some of the concepts that he talks about, and um, he's been blowing people's minds left and right. And Caleb's a guy I brought on because Nate recommended him to me. And I don't know as much about you, Caleb, but I'm sure we'll get into that as we get rolling. Uh, But when Nate recommends somebody to talk about this subject, uh, it's an easy decision to to go ahead and bring you in. So, so look, uh, I didn't really give much of an explanation about either of you. So maybe, Nate, we can start with you. What is it that you do, man?
1: Well, um, when people ask me what I do, uh typically what I tell them is I teach people how cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing. And uh and most people are wondering, you know, what is that what does that mean? Because that's something new that no one's ever heard of. So um, Chance, I'll just ask you, um I, I'm sure you either own a home or have a general understanding of real estate, right? Sure. All right. So uh, imagine buying a piece of property in a guaranteed growth market and building equity in that property that you have free access to all along your life. That'd be pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, now imagine being able to, to take that equity and leverage it into creating your own personal line of credit that you own and control. That'd be pretty good, right?
0: Yeah, that would be great.
1: So the good news is you don't have to invest in real estate to build a system like I just described, and it can actually be scaled to whatever your existing resources are. What I teach people how to do is create their own private banking system that they, that they own and control. Imagine being able to, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but imagine being able to earn interest off of every dollar that flows through your hands, whether you're spending it or saving it. That would be pretty nice. Yeah, pretty wild. So, so when people ask me what I do, that, that's kind of what I tell them. If they want to learn more, then, then we we we'll dive into it. Um, but that's a little bit of what I do and and kind of who I am. Um, for for those of y'all who don't know, um, I live here in in Texas, and in addition to teaching financial education, I'm also a pastor of a church. Uh, my wife and I we've been married for a long time, seventeen years and uh, got four kids. Um, my wife's a high school English teacher, and um, that's just uh, a little bit about me.
0: Very good, and uh, how about you, Caleb? Who are you? What do you do?
2: Yeah, first off, thanks guys for bringing me on to talk talk with you. Um, my name's Caleb. Uh, I basically just got started in my Uh, social media platform here and it was a new year's resolution in January and the whole goal was uh, to help people you know learn the basics of money um, and learn even more niche down into investing I'm big into dividend investing um, and it goes along with what Nate says Um, I'm big on cash flow more so than anything and uh To me, dividend investing is the simplest way to get people thinking of uh, making money without actually doing physical labor or or selling their time, um, so to speak. So I kind of launched on that platform. Um, I'm from West Virginia, which is a pretty poor state uh, here on the East Coast. And uh, so I see it every day in my daily life, um, just just people with uh with no knowledge or or no information and i want to do my little part in the world to try to change that and it's it's been a fun experience so far i've really enjoyed it um enjoyed connecting with a lot of people way smarter than me so it's been a great it's been great so far
0: you know i i happen to know that nate comes to this realm from a place of love and service and um it seems clear that you do too. And that's something uh, it's important to me. That's, that's sort of why I do this podcast. I mean, it's a selfish thing because I get to connect with all kinds of interesting and smart people and talk to them about what they know best. But uh, the reason it's a podcast instead of just phone call is because then I get to present this stuff to the people out there and hopefully they can take something from it. And, um, you know, I, I guess my first, bit of curiosity here and maybe let's start with you on this caleb and then nate you can you can jump in on it but there's there's clearly and it's and it's much sort of trumpeted out there into the news and into the social media but there's a there's a just a abysmal lack of financial education that people get when they're coming up when they're you know there's there's basically no financial education in school and everybody's parents are you know, almost everybody's parents are deeply in debt and they have that weight sitting on them their whole lives. And I guess I wonder from your perspective, Caleb, especially coming from a place where, um, uh, you know, not to be too stereotypical, but there's a, there's a lot of like poor coal mining people that just uh, maybe are even have less of an educational advantage than a lot of other places. I guess I wonder, what do you think the deal is with that? Why do you suppose that there's just this sort of baseline of, abysmal financial education
2: in the United States? You know, there's a lot of avenues we could go off that, uh, but to keep <laughs> it simple, <laughs> without getting too, uh, too far into to public education and whatnot, and what's going on there. But uh, I think it basically comes down to, um, it's, it's not easy, but it's also not easy to be broke. Um, It takes discipline to have base financial education, to budget your expenses, to set money away for um, investing or to, you know, add to cash flowing assets. Um, That takes away from buying that new car, from buying that new, uh, you know, whatever that new toy may be. And my hope through all this and and to uh, paraphrase my man, Nate, from Twitter, I hope that this leads to kind of a financial awakening in in the united states and across the world because uh i'm sure we all know people right now who are absolutely hurting um based off of um, two weeks of missed pay so far and we don't know what's going on but it's likely that two weeks aren't going to be you know they're going to miss more pay likely and and it sucks um so you know i think it's built out of just we've been in good times recently and no one's had to live through the hard times. So it's been okay to, to go paycheck to paycheck. And now all of a sudden that it's not okay. I hope like Nate said, that we have an awakening, awakening out of this to really, to really jumpstart financial education and financial knowledge around the country and around the world. Anything you
0: want to add to that there?
1: Well, I will kind of jump into, we'll get in the weeds a little bit. Um, the reality is we are not educated to be empowered. We are educated to be slaves. Um, the central banks control the world, uh, which means they control our education system. And the last thing they would ever want is for an individual to be empowered um, because obviously that takes power away from them and takes control. And, and the reality is, is the people who are above us, they want to continue to control us. Um, so I think that's the biggest reason why, we don't learn the things that we should be learning. I mean, going through high school and then going through college—you know, studying business and finance and you know economics—all those things. It's sad that I can teach someone in five minutes the principle of leverage. When I went through college, where I had these finance professors, these economics professors, all these people who weren't teaching that. And, and when you understand how leverage works, that's what—that's where the the power and the strength of your wealth comes from, is from leverage. And the smartest people in the world, they know how to leverage time and they know how to leverage money. And when you can figure those things out, man, you become unstoppable. Hmm.
0: So I guess, coming from that perspective, um, it, it seems to me that if you weren't necessarily concerned with the power aspect or the control aspect, of the financial situation, it would be quite beneficial for everybody besides those who uh, desire dominion over others if everybody was wealthy because having that sort of ability to have everybody have extra capital to invest into things and uh, to take the stress off of their backs so that they can then begin to travel or look at new creative outlets or Um, Anything that they sort of are interested in, they can put some dollars behind and and get the wheels rolling. Uh, It seems to me to be the case that if everybody was financially stable, a lot more progress could be made on basically any front. And I guess I wonder, um, when when you guys are working with people and you 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 guide them into these aha moments where they start to look at their lives and the and the way that their relationship with money has been soured by maybe poor education or or misinformation or uh, these kinds of things um i'm I'm curious just as sort of a general rule how how do you watch their perspectives and their and the way they think about their lives change because Um, I know that money is a thing that stresses just about everybody out and it weighs on them and it can put strains on relationships. It can put strains on people's ability to see a future that they want to live in. And I, I wonder as you're working with people, kind of how you see that shift affect their mentality. And either one of you can jump in.
1: Well, I I know for me, as a a pastor, being able to teach people about money really becomes an extension of my ministry, um, because, you know, especially in in relationships, because that's the number one killer in a relationship. Typically, is is money. You know, I mean, it's it really boils down to communication, but the but the the uh, the tag on that is it usually revolves around money in some capacity, and. So when you're able to, to help a couple, which, I mean, I I work with a lot of couples and when you're able to help a couple and you get them on the same page and they start moving in the same direction and they have the same excitement about what they're doing, man, that there is a healing power in that relationship that takes place. Um, And so, you know, chance you mentioned earlier, just, you know, the servant, uh, the servant heart that I have, I mean, I, 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 that genuinely is my passion. Like I love to be able to help people. And so knowing that not only am I helping someone in their finances, where just on just a physical need that they have, which is um, helping their situation, but also looking at generations down the road and looking at their kids, grandkids, all that stuff. So not only are we solving for this physical need, but, but also this mental and spiritual need that people have, it, you know, we're, I'm helping along in that process as well. Um, so it's, it really is, is truly a blessing to be able to do what I do.
2: Yeah. And and just to build on what Nate said, um, I've seen firsthand when you remove, whether as an individual or as a couple, the financial stresses away from life, it gives you the opportunity to work on problems and other issues in life that most people never even get to because they're just trying to pay the bills. They're trying to, you know, uh, make ends meet, um, because of poor habits. And when you can erase those poor habits and get moving, you know, synchronized in the right direction. Um, that's an immediate weight off their back and it gives you time and the ability to focus on other things that may be weighing down in life. That's, uh, that often people don't even see or realize because they're too concerned about money. I mean, it's, it's something that crosses our mind daily. So yeah, just being able to see that firsthand is, is, is great. And when you see it click, it's, it's something else. It's something else to talk to those. Um, similar to Nate, I got my, my, I guess, my education, my interest in helping people started teaching Dave Ramsey FPU classes in my church. And I've since, I've since, uh, you know, the base knowledge is great. I've since drifted a little bit from all all that information, but it goes back to the heart of helping people, and that information was relevant to those people at that time. And it, you know, to see people change habits and to see their life change and to bump into these people years later, it's truly something else. And and you just want everybody to have that same feeling.
0: That's beautiful. Uh, so, so that kind of takes me to an avenue of curiosity which and maybe we'll start with you here caleb I, i'm curious um you know a person comes to you and they say i want some help figuring these things out and let's say they're just like a you know an average american they they have a certain um you know couple ten thousand dollars in debt and they're sort of have little to no savings and they're sort you know, really literally living paycheck to paycheck, and maybe they have a little extra to do something fun, but it's basically all gone. And how do you begin to work with somebody to to get them to the place where they can then begin to uh, have the ability to, to get some of these other snowballs rolling? What are some of the first yes. things that you people with?
2: Yeah, so obviously uh, the goal is always to get to wealth building and wealth creation. But first... Um, the first thing I do with people and nine out of ten, and it's probably higher than that, nine out of ten have never done a written budget and understood where their money's going. And I think to understand how to fix the problem, you gotta you gotta identify where the problems are at. Um so usually we get their we get their incomes on paper, we get their expenses on paper, and from there to put it and not just tell them, but show them where their money is going, show them why they aren't really winning. You can begin to fix that, and uh, and I'm like Nate. I, I absolutely believe in good leverage. I uh, yeah, and and try to help people utilize that. But uh, one of the things I like to see people cut off is the bad leverage and uh, you know high interest credit cards that are eating them alive. That sort of thing. And to understand that that leverage can be great and borrowing can be great. Um, but let's borrow on the right things. Let's. <laughs> so it's it's basically about breaking it down to those beginner stages, and then we move on to you know once once we stop the ship from sinking and plug the holes, then we'll start moving upwards and looking to wealth create that's That's kind of how I get into it It's like let's stop the bleeding first and then we'll get rolling on the building
0: mm. makes a lot of sense and and what about you, Nate? You have a similar approach or or do you approach it differently
1: well. I uh, was a little bit different simply because um, we don't actually if, if somebody needs to work on a budget if somebody's never done a budget or something like that then then we'll we'll sit down and work with them on that but I've had I've had a, one specific uh, person that I that I, I worked with who went through all of my information and his quote was if you've gone through Dave Ramsey and you wondered what step two was you need to get with Nate and so a lot of a lot of people we work with, they don't have budget issues. They just have wealth building issues. They're they're inefficient in how they're growing their money. And so what we do is we look at the big picture. We look at everything that they're already doing, and we just show them how to maximize the efficiency of it. Because most people have headwinds that they're facing that they don't even realize they're facing. And so as an example, if you had a $10,000 credit card, a $10,000 balance on your credit card, and you know, I mean, it, let's say it's 20-24%, okay, and you're making minimum payments on it. All right, it's gonna take you a really long time to get ahead. You're gonna end up paying a ton of money on that. But what if at, at the same time, and this is typical America, somebody is sitting over there with $20,000 in mutual funds, as an example, and they're earning, you know, eight to 10% on those things. Well, guess what? They're never gonna get ahead because. Uh, all that uh, what they could do is take ten thousand dollars from their mutual funds, pay off their credit cards, and then the payments that they were making that were going to somebody else. Now they can actually start to recover that cash flow. So, so whenever you have uh, consumer debt, you have guaranteed cost every month to your life. So, what we show people how to do is create efficiency and with everything that they're already doing. So now they start to have guaranteed cash flow instead of guaranteed cost. Hmm.
0: So I guess what I'm curious about uh, along those lines is let's say Nate that, uh, like, let's say that somebody has some money in, uh, uh, an account that has an early withdrawal penalty or something. And they're, and they're very worried about that, but then they're, they're currently paying, you know, $500 a month in interest because they got $20,000 in credit card debt or whatever. Um, but they're, you know, that, that they have their eyeballs on, if I take this money out of here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat my lunch on it a little bit to take care of this over here. Um, how do you maybe say, look, I, I, how, do you, how do you help them wrap their heads around the idea that if they didn't have to make all the, or service all this debt over here, that they could easily recoup that, um, that sort of bite that's been taken out of what they already had?
1: So the number one principle that we teach is think long-term. You have to be willing to think long-term. If you can't think long-term, then I'm not your guy. You're going to have to go work with somebody else. But uh, the question I like to ask is, are you willing, if you're willing to think long-term, the next question is, are you willing to take two steps back to take 10 steps forward? Because that's really what it boils down to. Hmm.
0: So I guess I'm curious. Um... What are some of the, maybe? What are some of the most common, maybe misconceptions or, or maybe fears that you guys run into that um, stand as obstacles to people being able to really wrap their head around their money and how it can be put to work for them? And maybe let's start with you on that one. Nate, we'll hop over to you, Caleb. Just to, because uh, what I'm trying to do here is, I'm trying to sort of paint this picture or, you know, widen this umbrella so that people can hear the things that you guys are saying and say, that's me, that's me. And then, you know, so what do I do from there? So I guess I'm just wondering, you know, what are some of the common things you run into that, that stand in people's way of being able to understand how their money can work for them rather than them sort of working for their money masters?
1: Well, if you are 35 years or older, you are now going into your second recession. Um, and so what I, what I see a lot is just the fear of risk. Um, you know, people have been exposed to risk in the market and things like that. And they're, they're tired of feeling like they've gotten ahead and now they're just coming back because anytime, anytime you lose money, there's an emotional attachment to that because now you've lost the time and momentum that it took to create that money. And, you know, and that's how, you know, If you if you think of your money in units of of time, you know that that can be very painful. And what most people don't realize is that cash flow strategy doesn't have to involve risk. The principle of applying leverage in your life properly doesn't have to involve risk. But that's what we've been told. We've been told that if you hear the word leverage, you automatically associate associate that with risk because that's how we've been taught. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. So so the biggest thing that I see is people um, uh, just the fear of of losing, the fear of of risking what they're trying to build and create. Um, and, and so that's why when we come alongside them, we build out a plan and we show them at a minimum because we don't we don't work off the of speculation, we work off of math, we work off the of facts. Um, so we show them at a minimum. if they follow this plan, this is where you can be.
0: How about you, Caleb? What are some of the things you run into that uh, the sort of are obstacles to people's progress?
2: I think the biggest thing I see in, in talking to people, especially about investing and whatnot, um, is people thinking their 401k is enough. Hmm. And, and I'm just, you know, a little bit of a controversial statement here, but I'm just, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't like the way it's structured. You know, I get taken the free money and, and I, I encourage people to still do that. But uh, I always encourage people that your 401k is not enough. Um, you shouldn't have to wait until you're in your 60s to access what you're building. Uh, so my, my advice is always, you know, if you want to take your match, perfect, it's free money. That's fine. But, but you need to build cash flow outside of retirement accounts that you have access to at any time. And that's what I big on because I don't like being told, I personally don't like being told, hey, this is your money, but "Eh, it's not really your money. You know, you can have it. You can have it in four years. You know, I'm 27. You know, I'm like Nate, I have a long-term viewpoint. But also, you know, I don't know what 47-year-old me is going to need. So, um, you know, I I, I like having access to that money outside outside of the 401k, outside of cash flow. So that's where I encourage people to build as well. Because most, a lot of people, most people will just, you know, autopilot some money in their 401k, but they can't even tell you how much is in it or what their balance is if they're on track to even have enough in their older years. So I think the biggest fallacy is that your 401k is going to take care of you. And I think, you know, personally, I've seen a lot of people who it's running dry or they're freaking out because it's down 20% now or whatever it's down, things like that. So my biggest thing is just getting people to – to understand that, you know, your, your work retirement isn't enough. You need to keep building. You need to keep building outside of that.
1: Well, and that is a, that, that reminds me of a question that I ask and and what a lot of people don't think about. What is the value of a dollar that you can't touch? It's a good point. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. So, so I'm just like you, I love the idea of having full control of my money. I don't want to leave it up to the, to the hands of, of somebody else. I tweeted this out, I think yesterday and got a, a lot of people talking about it, but you know, if you, uh, you had a Ferrari, uh, I equate this to the 401k, your 401k is a lot like a, a Ferrari that you give the keys to someone. You don't even know who they are and they're not even insured. Hmm. I mean, that's, you know, psychologically, I mean, in, in a, in a sense, that's just, we're doing the same thing. We don't know who we're giving our money to, you know, and it's definitely not insured.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Very good point. So
0: as is so often the case, I think it sounds like fear and complacency are sort of the, the two killers here. Um, yeah. So, Caleb, I'm curious from your end, um, what are some of the concrete ways that you guide people into to begin to utilize some of this cash flow strategy, this dividend paying strategies? I mean, how do, you, how do you begin to structure things? or guide? What are some of the avenues that you guide people into to be able to start having some money come back
2: to them? Yeah, so I, 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 have, I have niched down to dividend investing. And that's kind of what my platform is. That's just that's a small slice of what I do. But the reason I've chosen to niche into that is I think that's the easiest way to get people in the mindset of earning money while not actively laboring or, you know, selling their time. Um, Because I've taught people because, you know, dividend investing isn't very lucrative early on. It's a thing that takes mindset. It takes time. um, But. What I want to teach is the mindset behind it. And once people get it and it clicks, then they start seeing other avenues and how they can continue to build things, whether it be businesses, whether it be other means of cash flow. Um, It's more about the mindset to me. Uh, That's why I've niched down to that. I do believe in it. I do it personally. I, I talk and live it every day. So uh, I don't want to downplay how much I enjoy dividend investing and, and I, you know, I'm a stock market junkie. I, I love it. Um, so that's, that's why I've chosen to niche down to that point. But the ultimate goal in teaching is that mindset and that mindset of understanding um, passive income. And, and one thing I want to say about passive income, just so everybody, I know you guys are good on it, but I I want most people to understand that you know it takes either work or money or both upfront to create a passive income um so i think a lot of people get a fallacy when they hear that word and it's just not the case um that does require upfront work or money but my goal is getting people in that mindset and how to continue to build out different different systems of cash flow and to be diverse in, in what they own what they do and uh you know where their money's coming from and people who are in that situation right now um nobody's happy uh, about the virus and what's going on in in the world but uh those people financially probably have not taken a hit in all of their areas of income hmm.
0: so um let's say i come to you and i and i say you know Caleb uh, i thought i thought stocks were were just buying and selling you're, you're telling me there's there's something more to this whole stock market thing. Uh, how would you sort of how would you explain to a total uh, sort of layman or or newbie about what it is that you're talking about?
2: Yeah, so that's the thing is I take a long term mindset, and what I teach in the stock market is uh, it's not just buying or selling. I actually rarely rarely sell. Um, I I'm a buy and hold because that's the, the more shares of stocks that I hold, the more my, my income grows through dividends um, and yearly increases. So the biggest thing I teach is patience. Um, you know, you may not get the absolute mind blowing returns in the market, but it's a place to park it. And over time, you're gonna see increases. Um, like I said, uh, I like to get people started there because I think it builds the mindset but there are opportunities and and probably better opportunities outside of the market to actually build wealth, but it builds that mindset. And the way I teach it is for me, dividend investing is a final resting place for my extra cash right now, because, uh, I generate most of that money elsewhere and then I park it there to just gain interest and, uh, to, to appreciate. And because especially I work with a lot of people my age, um, I find sometimes it's hard to get a 50-year-old to listen to a 25-year-old. I don't know if you guys ever have that problem. Um, but uh, but uh, so, and, and I don't try to be overly abrasive, especially to people who aren't coming. to me. So, but but uh, I have time. If the market goes down the way I'm seeing it right now is that I can get uh, shares of good companies at a lower price and a better yield on my cost as far as dividends go they just all about taking that mindset, understanding that in the long term, you know, it's likely going to make you money and uh, just building that mindset to understand what's going on. And then you can use that mindset to expand outside of the market where there are, you know, other lucrative opportunities for you to grow and expand that sort of same, you know, frame of thought. Okay. and And so...
0: Um, Nate, I know that what you do is a little bit different than that, and um, uh, I know there are some aspects to what you do that you would maybe prefer to um, be able to work a little closer with the person before you kind of get into it, but um, I know you have some other examples of uh, scenarios where you can get a little bit more into what it is that you do, and so um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about uh, how you utilize leverage um, to help, you know, what are some of the avenues or what are some of the examples that you use that can sort of help people get their mind around the idea of what it is that you're doing?
1: Well, the, the idea, uh, the the foundation of everything we teach is centered around leverage. It's about having a system that you own and control um, where instead of relying on banks to earn interest or, or end up paying interest to the banks, you actually start earning and paying interest back to yourself. Um, What most people don't understand is you finance everything that you buy, whether you pay cash for it or not, which is strange when you hear that. But, and I say that for two reasons. One is uh, you're always paying interest somewhere. You're either paying interest to the banks when you're making those payments or you were actually giving up the interest that you could have earned on your cash whenever you pay cash for something, because now you've lost the time and momentum that it took to create that. And I use a diagram on Twitter where, you know, your, your money's, you're building up and then you're dropping back to that zero line, you know, whether you're financing or paying cash either way. But the other side of that is you were always making payments to someone. You're either making payments to the bank. If you finance something, or you're making payments to yourself wherever you decide to put that for a future purchase or some, you know, future part of your life. So money's always going one direction or the other. Well, if you can, if you can wrap your mind around the idea of making payments to yourself and building a system where you can actually leverage and earn interest on the money that you are spending, man, that's a concept that most people can't wrap their mind around. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just the, the, the teacher in me, or maybe it's the preacher in me, one or the other. But I find that I, I tend to make very complex, um, uh, you know, ideas uh, very simple. And if somebody's willing to sit down and, and, and have a conversation and, and, and let me show them, then I can show them not only how simple it can be, but also how powerful it can be at the same time. So do you
0: have a concrete example that can maybe illustrate a little better what you're talking about?
1: The, the example that, that I've used, I actually did a video on Twitter about this. Um, and, and some people like to argue with me about it, but it's, it's just an example. Like this is not like, but so, Let's say that you saved up $30,000 for a brand new vehicle. And you call me up, you're like, Nate, I got 30 grand. I got my car picked out, fixing to go down the dealership, pick it up. And I'm like, Hey, I'm glad you did that. But I don't want you to go straight to the dealership just yet. Uh, This is what I want you to do instead. I want you to take your 30,000 down to your local bank and drop it into a CD, certificate of deposit. And let's say for the sake of this example, the CD is going to pay you 4%. um, And then what I would tell you to do is turn right back around at the same bank, same day, and, borrow $30,000 from the bank using your CDS collateral. That's called a collateralized loan. It's the safest loan any bank can make. Typically, they're going to charge you one and a half or 2% over and above what they're paying you on that CD. So let's say they're going to charge you 6% on the loan and you're going to earn 4% on the CD. I know the numbers sound backwards, but but stay with me for just a second. So, so we just added an extra step to the process. We'll Go get your car the same day. So let's amortize that out or spread it out over four years the way the bank would. And you would have a monthly payment back to the bank of 70455, which means you would have paid after four years, you would have paid the bank a total of thirty three thousand eight hundred eighteen dollars, which means you would have paid thirty eight hundred eighteen dollars in interest. The crazy thing is your CD after four years is now worth thirty five thousand ninety six dollars. So you paid the bank thirty eight hundred eighteen dollars in interest, but they paid you five thousand ninety six dollars at the same time you made money off the bank. And that is just a very simple way to show somebody how leverage works. Don't argue with the numbers. There's a reason that I use those numbers, but that's just a simple way to help you understand how leverage works. And that was like less than two minutes. I said I could tell somebody in five minutes. That's less than two minutes. I went through, you know, years of college where a professor could have told me that, and nobody told me that. But that's just a simple way to help you understand how leverage works.
0: And then, uh, of course. The next step is uh, imagine if you were your own bank.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because we're just talking about a car in that example. But if you started doing that with everything in your life, which is what I teach people how to do, build a system where you do this with everything in your life, how fast is your money going to grow? It's going to blow up because you're never dropping down. You're never losing time and momentum on your money the rest of your life. So when I say I teach people how to get uninterrupted compounding interest the rest of their life, that's true.
0: <laughs> okay. So I guess what I'm curious about now is because I, I really want to try to bring this home for people to, to help them, um, to help them along with the idea that they can actually do this. And I guess, um, maybe you guys can help to guide me along here. And and I guess my question is, um, and let's start with you, Caleb, what, if a person's listening to this right now and they're thinking, you know, that all sounds good, but I don't, I don't know how to get started. I don't know what to do next. What's, what's step one right now? Here I am. And I want to change what's my first step and what, what kind of advice
2: would you have to offer him right now? Yeah. So I think the first thing that I can say, and, and I don't want to speak for Nate, but I think he would agree, is anybody listening is more than welcome to reach out to either one of us. Um, if you get lost in the weeds of Twitter sometimes, try again. You know, we miss stuff. I, I can't imagine Nate. Uh, he, he, he gets a lot of stuff, I'm sure. We miss stuff sometimes. So if we don't get back at you the first time, you can reach out to us. We do our best to give actionable advice, um, try not to get too lost in the, in conceptualize everything. Um, so, but outside of that, I think it is if you don't reach out to us and you just completely lost, find someone you know, love and trust that is doing well and uh, maybe start there. Um, but from a financial perspective, I think it's just understanding where you're falling short. Um, if you all this sounds overwhelming, you probably need to start at the basics um, and just understand what's going wrong. What are my problems? Identify those problems. Are my problems I'm not making enough money? Are my problems I'm spending too much? Are my problems that I'm undisciplined? What are my problems? Identify your problems and then we can come up with solutions for them. Um, so my advice in getting started is we all want to be in wealth creation and wealth building phases. Um, that's, that's the fun part. Um, but to get there sometimes, like Nate said, you got to take, sometimes you take two steps backwards before you can take 10 steps forward. And just myself as an example, um, just what you said, chance, I was tasked early on, you know, four or five years ago, my first real job, I cashed out my, uh, retirement plan to pay off, to pay off bad debt. Um, that I was getting crushed on interest in. Did I pay penalties? Yes. Did I pay the taxes? Yes. Did I get rid of stupid debt? Yes. It got me back to zero so I could begin to move upwards. Um, so it's about, like Nate said, you want to be just on a steady climb upwards the rest of your life. And sometimes you got to rip that bandaid off to get there. So it's just, I, you know, my actionable advice is identify the problems and then start coming up with some solutions and start small. You know, you can't go from an income problem and a spending problem today to, um, you know, having, you know, a, a seven figure portfolio of cash flowing assets, you know, you got to take it one step at a time. So I'd say, start by just t- t- attacking each day and each problem, one step at a time and momentum builds quickly. What do you have to add to that? Nate?
1: Well, um- Taking one step at a time makes a lot of sense because, you know, one thing that I, that I tell people is um, having a system is better than having no system. You know, whatever, whatever level you're able to start at, you just need to get started. Um, so uh, just like with dividend investing, you know, whatever you're able to start with, getting started is going to be better than, than not getting started at all. Um, and what's really cool about, What uh, Caleb does and what I do is they can actually benefit one another. You know, cash flow strategy and what I do makes your money stronger. So if you have stronger dollars that are going out there and earning dividends, well, that's even better. You know, dividend cash flow, which can help you build the system that you're wanting to create to, to have that bulletproof system that you don't have to worry about your money dropping back down, you know, getting that uninterrupted compounding interest as you live your life. And so, um, so those things work really well together. But you know, the first step is just reaching out and finding out more about what you don't know, you know, admitting that there's information out there that I'm just clueless about, you know, I wouldn't be where I am right now. If I wouldn't have been willing to drop my pride and admit, but there was something I didn't know that I felt like I might need to know about. Um, and so, and that's one of, you know, if you mentioned earlier about, uh, hurdles that we, that we come across, that's probably the biggest one is people who are so prideful about things when it comes to money. There, uh, you know, money is so taboo because people are scared to talk about it because everybody assumes that everybody should just have it figured out, you know, mm-hmm. but if we're all taught the same information, which is basically nothing, then we're all just trying to figure it out until somebody comes along and pours into us and says, no, this is the truth. This is how it really works. Um, So first step is uh, drop your pride. The second step is, you know, start learning some of this stuff, you know, take a step Um, for, for all my, you know, everybody that I've been working with. in you know, since I started this, which I, I started my, my Twitter account in December, 2018, which is where my biggest presence is in terms of social media. And, you know, I've connected with, I don't know, there's several thousand people who have gone through my money course. You know, I'm working with hundreds and hundreds of people on a personal level now in terms of coaching. Um, the first step in learning about what I do is to actually go through that money course. It's not a lot of money. Plus I offer a money back guarantee on it. So if you do go through it, the worst case scenario is you're going to learn something. The best case scenario is it's going to change your life like it did mine. Um, so that would be the first step: is hey, go through my course, check it out, see if it's even a good fit for you, see if it even makes sense, or if it's something that you want to explore further. But uh, it comes with one-on-one coaching. So anybody who goes through my course who wants to actually meet with me one-on-one, then they have the ability to do that. And there's other things that comes with to too. But uh, but that's really where it starts for me.
0: Okay, so you know we kind of talked about. Issues and problems and baseline and introducing people to some of these concepts, but I think what I would like to um, touch on before we start to round out the conversation is, once some of these things are working for you, it opens up your life to a whole lot more opportunity and a whole lot more willingness inside of yourself to believe that the things that you can see for yourself can actually happen, and I guess. What I'm curious, and, and let's start with you here, Nate, um, is what does, once once these things are in place and they start working for you and your money is under control and you can then begin to believe that you can actually make the life that you want to live happen, what does that look like to you? I mean, what is, now that the future is open and, and you have confidence in your ability to make the future that you want, what does that look like to you? What does that, how does that feel? And, and and how does that tie into your hopes and dreams for your family and those kinds of things?
1: Well, um, it's the reason that we named our company unlimited life concepts. Um, you know, and, and every now and then, I, you know, our tagline or our company is live unlimited. And when you understand how money works, you understand that, uh, most of what you've been taught about money has actually been holding you back. It, I, I mean there's a, a level of freedom that you get opened up to where you start to have confidence that most people will never experience in their life when it comes to their financial future. Um, when you, when you just know, when you just know where you're going to be in 10 years, when you just know where you're going to be in 20 years, man, it makes, it makes the whole journey a whole lot easier. And, um, so, the 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 confidence and the freedom that I have now. Uh, I mean, I, I said this the other day on Twitter. I don't love money, but I do love the time that it gives me with my family. And so the things that that I don't have to worry about now because I don't have to worry about money the way I used to. Man, that's something that that the feeling that I got when I started learning what I teach now is the reason that we started our company, me and my business partner, Brandon Goswick, we learned this stuff together. We've known each other for a long time. And when we started learning these things together, we got so excited about it. We were like, man, if we feel this good about what we're doing, like, let's go tell other people, let's teach other people how to do this so they can feel the way we feel. You know, so our business was just born out of like overflow and gratitude for what we were doing for ourselves. Um, so, you know, I, I, I want that for other people. the the feelings that I get when I wake up, the feelings when I go to sleep sleep at night, you know, I want other people to feel that.
0: And, you know, Caleb, you're, you're a young dude. Um, And through intelligence or good fortune or whatever, you've sort of stumbled across the idea that you can be the master of your money at a lot younger age than most people run into it. And like you said before, you know, you don't know uh, what 47 year old Caleb is going to want to, um, do or need or who you're even going to be at that point. I mean, your frontal cortex just barely finished sort of. (laughs) So, so I guess, you know, Nate, Nate has a family and he's, uh, you know, he talks with people because of his, um, sort of responsibility slash opportunity at his church. And he's seen a lot of, of what this can do. And I guess it's the same question for you, but I guess I'm just curious because, um, you know, you have less experience as an adult in the world, but, um, what, you know, I'm I'm sure you have friends around you who are not financially well-informed or capable in the same way that you are. And I guess I wonder, um, how does, how does that inform your worldview and and how you look forward to your future compared to maybe some of the people that you see around you. And so that maybe some of the younger people who are listening to this can understand that there's, um, you know, they don't have to necessarily be daunted by the fact that they're going to have to take responsibility for their lives and their money. Cause there's a way to do it. That is, uh, can, cannot not just be a burden, but can actually gift them sort of some peace and some confidence.
2: Yeah. And, the way I see it now is I, I am married. I have a lovely wife, love her to death. She's a great compliment to me, um, but we have no kids yet. Uh, we've been married nearly five years. Um, the way I see it now is I am right now. I am buying future time with my children. Um, I was fortunate enough to, in January, I left my January no, it was First week of February, I left my nine to five job. and the plan is to never go back. Uh, I, am supporting myself, uh, multiple different areas, um, 27. So I'm putting in extra time now as far as building things because I don't have those kids or that family yet. Um, but the way I see it is I'm buying that time that most don't get. And, uh, I think when you do become part of working for yourself, you understand, um, that you have to put the time in to make it successful still, but your time is yours. And as long as you manage and balance that, right. I've learned at a young age, you know, I'm never going to miss a school play, a church play, a practice, whatever it may be. Um, My plan is to always be there. And that's kind of the vision that I had, you know, I wanted more time and I said, if I want that, I better start building now. So just the lure of that is, um, you know, I reduced my cost of living greatly. I'm not out there. You know, I haven't taken a vacation in three years. I haven't, uh, you know, I don't have any fancy cars in the driveway or anything like that, but that's okay. Those aren't the things that fulfill me. I think being okay, um, not being fulfilled by material things and being fulfilled with family and time. I think it, for me, it provided an obvious motivation to get to this point. Um, I've only been here two months, so it's, it's still a new and weird, but it's been so rewarding and so fulfilling already. So I think people my age just need to understand that it's possible. Um, hopefully we, you know, if you're in your twenties, you aren't strapped with tons and tons and tons of debt. I know it's out there. I know student loans are real. I know that stuff happens that requires you to have a higher cost of living to get past that point, but just know that it's possible and that it has to be intentional because you don't, you don't stumble onto it.
0: I just want to I just want to say to the people who are watching or listening to this podcast I I hope you listened carefully to what was just said because both of these guys what they said was I get to have my time be mine and and I spend it with the people that I love and when it comes down to it whatever whatever car you drive however big or fancy your house is whatever material stuff you have, you don't, nobody gets to be 80. Nobody gets to be 90 and they're running out of gas on their life and thought, you know, man, I really wish I'd had a fancier car. I should have gone to work more. I should have spent more time slaving away for that dollar so I could have that Beamer. They say, I wish I would have been to the baseball game. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids, teaching them the things that I have been fortunate enough to learn. And to me, um, there's nothing more valuable. There's no greater treasure than my family, my wife, my kids. There's there's nobody that I have more love for, and there's nobody that I'd rather spend time with. And And I think that whether you decide to have a family or not, the people that you love and you choose to have as your family, whether it's really your family or it's friends that, you know, you can rely on and trust and that you care about the more time and the more opportunity that you can spend and give to those people, the more fulfilling and satisfying your life is going to be. And I think that's, um, I think both of you probably agree with that. And, and I want, I hope people will kind of cue into that message. Um, this, that's what this is all about is giving you the freedom the freedom of your time and the freedom of your money and the freedom of your mind to not be burdened by paying other people money so that you can be their slave. That's, that's a, that's a, it's a sad state. And so I guess that's sort of my message to you viewers and listeners is just freedom is the greatest treasure and spending it with people you love is the, is how you spend that treasure. And um, before we wrap this up, um, I'd like to give each of you a chance to tell people where they can find you. And if you have any parting nuggets of wisdom or anything like that, it'd be a good time to do that. Or if you want to say hello to anybody. Um, so why don't we start with you, Caleb, where can they find you? Where can they find your material and, uh, anything, anything else you'd like to add on?
2: Yeah, sure. So basically I'm, I'm just on Twitter right now at Caleb Gregory, three, zero, four, um, I'm new to this whole thing. I started it in, uh, December 31st. Um, I do have two, two eBooks out there. They're bundled together. I ran, I ran a special for nine bucks today. Um, just because I want people out there, uh, to get started. It's more, it's just important to get started. Um, those, each of the guides are, you know, just 20 to 30 pages. Um, but it's more about taking action. It doesn't overwhelm people with, with uh, you know, with too much information. You know, I can't tell you how many friends I've bought a 200 page book from Amazon on investing and it's it's a nice dust collector, it really is. But i found that the shorter, the shorter topics seem to, to get read a little more. But, you know, I'm not here to plug products or anything like that. Those are out there if you want them. But I try to be as accessible as possible on that social media platform. Um, Twitter's basically where I'm at right now. Um, I do have a YouTube that I'll link, uh, but it's it's just got started and it's just to go into more in depth of what we talk about on Twitter. Um, and just my imparting words would be, first of all, thanks thanks for having me on and, and for allowing me just to share a little bit and especially with you guys who've been doing this a while. Um, but uh, just know that, that you can do it. If you're out there and you're feeling stressed, depressed, worried, scared with everything that's going on right now, this, this will pass. Um, and, and you can make the changes to, to live the life that you want to live. Um, takes intentional action, but it's out there and, and you can do it. You absolutely can. It's accessible to anyone. So just go out there and, and get started. You'll make mistakes along the way, but you learn from those and, and just, just get better every day.
0: Very good, man. And what about you? Where are you? Anything else you want to add?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Twitter is, is my biggest presence. Uh, in fact, uh, last week I crossed 22,000 followers, which was pretty cool. Um, so in terms of how to connect with me, I try to answer, <laughs> Caleb, you said this earlier, it's hard keeping up with all the notifications and DMs and everything like that. But I, I try to do a pretty good job of responding to people uh, in a timely manner. So uh, Twitter is definitely the easiest way to connect with me. Um, I'm at Chronicles Nate. Um, my, my Twitter name is Chronicles of Nate, but my Twitter handle is at Chronicles Nate. Apparently Twitter takes out the of whenever you first set it up. So I didn't realize that until later. So I just kept it. So Chronicles Nate is where you can find me on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, I drop gems from time to time. Uh, about, you know, how interest works, how, uh, you know, uh, about your 401k, things like that. So you can learn a lot just by following me. Um, you can learn a whole lot, uh, if we actually have a one-on-one conversation. So, um, if you decide you want to check out my course, it's in the, it's in my bio, uh, of Twitter. So you can check it out from there. Uh, I, uh, affectionately named it Holy shift, Holy shift. S H I F T rethinking your money paradigm. I have to make sure that people hear that correctly. Cause I am a <laughs> pastor. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so anyways, you can check that out. And, and like I said, if you don't like it, you know, no questions asked, I'll refund you. It's not a big deal. I'm never will. I'm never going to take a dollar from somebody that I'm not willing to turn around and hand right back to them. So, uh, that's the easiest way to find me. And, I, the the, one of the reasons I've grown as quickly as I have is because I enjoy connecting with people. So, uh, it's, it's genuinely fun for me when I get to answer questions and DMS and notifications and stuff like that. So, but that's a, that's the best place to find me. And, you know, as, as Caleb said, chance, thanks for, thanks for having us both. Uh, really, really enjoyed it, man. I always, always enjoy getting to connect with you. Um, and the, the simplest thing I could say to somebody who's listening is just start, just do something. Something is typically going to be better than nothing. So, uh, and if you need help, you know, we're here as resources for that.
0: Excellent. And, and I, I want to return the sentiment. Thank you guys for taking the time to come on and, and share your wisdom with me and with the audience. And uh, it's great to, great to have another conversation with you, Nate. We've had, we've had a few over the course of the last Year and a half or whatever, and Caleb, it's nice to it's nice to meet you and connect with you, and um, you know I, I really appreciate your willingness, both of you, to come on and, and do this, so that maybe people can begin to have a better understanding of how they might uh, have a little more control over their time and their money and their lives, and I hope that they'll take the advice that's been offered here, and I do hope that they'll reach out and and uh, take advantage of the um, of the things that you're offering. And I guess with that, if if you're good, I'm good, gentlemen. I'm good. Okay. Well, in that case, this has been the Logos and Terrifical Podcast. I've been Chance Lunsford. He's been Caleb Gregory. He's been Nate Dean. This has all been Allegedly, and we're out.